1: This is iFanboy Pick of the Week number 802, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you, who are washing hands, wearing masks, getting vaccinated, drinking water, getting exercise, calling your mom, tipping the postman.
0: Jeez, I got a lot to do.
1: I know. It's the
0: world we live in. <laughs>
1: Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 802. I am Josh Flanagan. This is my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick.
0: Hello. Hey, Josh.
1: Hello. You know what you did. We are iFanboy, and every week we read our stack of comics. (laughs) I never know. (laughs) <laughs> I, I always assume i did something and i don't know what it is and everyone hates me I get every week we read our stack of comics one of us picks the one that they like the best we call that the pick of the week we read that book we talk about other books we talk about the patron pick we answer some listener mail we have fun we think that we have less comics than we did for the second week in a row mm. and they kind of add up on you but it's fine it's fine because it's just fun that's, it's, we're here, listen, we're here to have fun, okay? Yeah. There's, gonna be spo- there's gonna be spoilers, okay? And I don't want to hear anything about it. But fun spoilers. On, you get the pick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I ended up having 26 books this week on top of the landmine that was when I was not on the show a couple weeks ago, so I had to go back and read a couple of books from last time, too. So, I still haven't cleared those out yet, so you know how that goes. So there like, mine are mine oh, there, too. dang.
1: Mine are still there from the time that I took off in June, How's that possible? No, 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 not June. I took off a day in August, I guess, and then they doubled up, and I think mm. I've got the double rid of. But it's, it was a big week, and there's many there.
0: So I had a lot, to, I had a lot of reading to do. I ended up with a handful of books I really liked, a handful of books that could have been the pick, and there were there were books I was thinking about throughout the course of the day of reading that could have been the pick, and we're going to talk about them. But at the end of the day, the book that ended up being the pick of the week was from Comicsology Originals i think it's their first pick of the week clear number one from scott snyder francis manipal and world design this is the second i believe of the scott snyder Comicsology original line of books last week he had the horror book with capullo wasn't so much into that but this is a um i'll say this josh very unexpected because scott snyder has been in a certain lane for a long time and this was not in that lane which i think was exciting and it, where it was was an area that's very exciting to me this is a Sort of neo noir cyberpunk, PI story. Yeah, I'm reading, waiting for the monsters, waiting for the right, you know, the twist. And really, there's so far none in terms of what Snyder's most been doing lately. And this is just a story in the future. A girl commits suicide in the beginning, and it turns out it's the um, ex wife of this PI who we meet while he's on a case. But really, it's we're about it's about finding out about this world. Really fun, beautiful. Francis Manapola is obviously terrific. I haven't seen a lot of him lately. He does the whole shebang. He does the art, the, the inks, and the colors, and at the end of it, I, I was surprised. I enjoyed it. It was incredibly fun. I wanted to read the next issue, and I think I was just really happy that it wasn't. And I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying that book Noctera that Snyder's doing, which is sort of a futury but more dystopian, Walking Dead, monstery. This is just sort of straight up sci-fi, which I don't even know. When the last time Snyder did that? I really liked this. Did you read it?
1: I did. And I was, when I saw that you you made it the Pig of the Week before I had read it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's
0: surprising.
1: And so I started to read it. And, and really, other than a bit of a wall of text before.
0: The very beginning has a wall of text, but it gets past that pretty quickly. Yeah.
1: It, before, before the title page, or the credit page, basically, I was like, oh, there he is. Mm-hmm. But after that, I really, I couldn't have told you this was a Scott Snyder book. And I mean that as a compliment. It's exactly what you said. It's a cyberpunk Raymond Chandler, like, mystery book. You know, like, Dame walks into the office, the whole deal. I didn't love it in terms of, like, it's not my favorite kind of thing. But, you know, like, it was impressive. It was new in terms of, like, what you expect from these people. Even, I, I don't think I've seen a lot of Manipole over the last couple of years. But, you know, even that was seemed like a... You know the coloring and the and mm-hmm. everything was was really impressive, and his action scenes were really interesting. You had these inserts and you had like the the images were flipped around and yeah, I enjoyed it It was a little you know it's not it's not my favorite genre, but it is more my favorite genre than monster horror yeah, for sure and so it' it's just really intriguing in that way
0: this world is in the future you can skin the world basically, you can buy a skin. And see the world through that skin. A, a veil. Yeah, it's called a veil. But it's basically a skin. Meaning yeah. you really like, let's say, the 1940s. You can skin the world to look like the 1940s. Or you really like uh, Candyland. You could skin the world to look like Candyland. I found that interesting. And then I found that interesting that the next step, which was basically that since the vast majority of the population is using these veils, you know, new buildings. But they're plain, so they can be skinned. In the real world, there's no life to it left. And I found that interesting. There was one bit that didn't really make sense, because if you're just skidding the world, it wouldn't change people's behaviors. Like you could skin it like a porn world where everybody wants to sleep with you. was like, well, that wouldn't change how people act. But other than that, the inserts were cool because in the action sequences, because we, we saw the scene through different veils. You know, that, like one point, the guy's shooting a gun, and it's like, he looks like a merman in one insert, and there's also like a cartoony sort of Looney Tunes world on in another insert, or one where the the main character is pulling a guy out of the car as he drives past on a motorcycle, and the insert makes him look like Indiana Jones. It's just an interesting way to sort of play the visual language of comics to give you the same scene through different lenses
1: and get to everybody's subconscious immediately. Yeah,
0: you know, you could skin it the Old West, you could skin it to be the '80s. You know, it was it was an interesting world to live in for this character who doesn't use the veil, and also his client doesn't use the veil, but I most think there's people really do. Really
1: good sci-fi thinking in here. Yes. You know, like when Private Eye yes, like the it was very, thing came yeah. out. And so this is like, well, all right, well, where are we now and where could we possibly be? And it, right away, it makes a ton of sense that given the ability people would just choose to live in whatever their particular long tail theory, you know, ideal imagery is. Right. And that is totally what people would do. It's it's like the next step from covering yourselves with, in tattoos or turning yourself into a, you know, a kind of personality on YouTube or TikTok. You know, like it, it totally makes sense or you know having an internet personality. It's all those things. Right. And then the the idea that the rest of the world would become bland. I buy that because, you know, what's Wally? You know in Wally like everybody yeah. just sits in their chairs and gets super fat because yeah. it, that was an our idiocracy as well. I love that kind of thinking, and I think it's done really well here.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it takes a lot of things that have been explored. You know, it's the inverse of private eye where private eye was all about changing yourself through your masks and your Right. You know, your costumes. This is about changing the world around you. It's sort of like ready player one, but instead of going into a cyber world, this is the world around this is literally the world around you is being skinned. You're wearing, you know, whatever it's whatever. I don't remember how they process the skins. Is it through your eyes I don't know if you're wearing a mask it doesn't matter it's about changing the world around you as opposed to yourself, and so it's, it's it is interesting I, I think you're right. I think a lot of the, the sci-fi thinking was what made it compelling for me as well
1: yeah and I th- and i th- honestly I think it's a better concept than private eye in terms of really what would happen because we're self obsessed
0: although the first month of the lockdown when people were walking around with makeshift masks, I had a very distinct moment in this grocery store where I was looking at someone with some crazy like get up that she had made, and I was like, oh, we're in private eye right now like this is Fair. We're all in these makeshift masks, and no one can see who the, anybody is. And But it's, no, you're right. I think of, of all the ideas, the idea of skinning... You know, we, we've all retreated into our subcultures, yes. right? Everyone's in their bubbles. So, you know, people really in, into Japanese anime would skin the world around to look like that, or people really into Star Wars would skin the world to look like, you know, Star Wars planets. So I, it's 100% what would happen if the technology was available.
1: You know, there are going to be a subsect of people who want to be noticed, but most people... Just want to be into their thing, and that will mm-hmm. be where they they find their identity. And and I think you're seeing it. You know, like if people are pulling further and further and further inward. We hate picking up the phone, you know, like now, like that, like that's really an interesting thing that has happened. And I think this is the right way to go for that. And and it's it's one of those things where the more we look at it, and the more we talk about those things as we get into the book, the more interesting it is. You know, like okay. it's a, it's a it's a real thoughtfulness to it, and I, and I can appreciate that.
0: So it's got a lot of things going on here, and I think it's very good. If you haven't read this, it's a Comicsology original. It's available for free on Amazon if you're a Prime member. So if you, if you're, as a lot of people are, if you're a member of Amazon Prime, you can go to Amazon, search Clear Number One Scott Snyder, and you'll get it. And you can just send it to your Kindle. That's so how I read it on my iPad, my Kindle app. Just it looked like any other comic on my iPad.
1: That was the case with his last book with Greg. Yeah, Poole, until they're all the,
0: like that. The yeah. Demon.
1: Is that every issue, which is the first one? I have no idea. That was my, that's, I figured it was just the first, but we'll, we'll find out.
0: I guess. But that's how you can check it out if it, it's free on Amazon.
1: I mean, it makes sense that if they're going to pay for TV shows and make them free on Prime, that they should do this too.
0: Yeah, you know, like for streaming services, it's all about getting you signed sign for streaming services. For Amazon, which is technically also has a streaming service, they all, they just want you to sign up for Prime. Right, So that's why all the stuff on it, Prime is free, because they just, other than the deals they've got where things cost differently, but mm-hmm. they just want you to sign up for Prime. And the same way that Disney Plus wants you to sign up for Disney Plus. So it may be that they're all free. I don't know. Maybe they'll make all comics free. <laughs> <It'll be fine laughs> I don't later. think they will. Jeff Bezos has a lot of rockets to build. I will say, here's my criticisms.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it would be that, one, when he takes his helmet off later, I just didn't like the design of the character. Interesting. It's just a I don't regular know why. brunette dude. I just think I wanted him to look a little rougher or older or less cool. You know, a little more Bogart and a little less Yeah. Know, Errol Flynn. He's you know he's
0: definitely things. like cool haircut, young guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, he looks like you know, like he looks like a slightly rougher Dick Grayson. I think that's kind of kind of what I'd give him. And the, I guess the one other bit is that, and I know that this is the genre, so you can kind of get away with it. But like, the femme fatale shows up in the office, and there's their flirtation, and well, you're the only one who doesn't like. It was just a little neat, mm-hmm. I think, for me. And so that makes me think that it's going to be predictable, and that could be a trap. That could be you know the red herring of the thing. Mm-hmm. Or that could be saying no, this is what the genre is, so we follow the rules of that genre, which is also a valid choice when you're doing mm-hmm. like specific kind of genre stuff where you're doing that that noir right. PI job, which might be the case. It's interesting. Also the uh Kindle reader for comics is not terrible. Not terrible. I just want to point that. Out. It's not terrible.
0: So another book that was in the discussion for pick of the week was Batman the Audio Adventures Special Number 1. This was an 80-page special that was tying into the Batman The Audio Adventures podcast on HBO Max right now. So we have two streaming service books in a row. I saw this on the list and I thought, okay, because I hadn't listened to the podcast. I said, let me me just take a look to see what it is. And it's, you know, it had nine stories, and I'm not going to go through them all. The show itself is written and directed by Dennis McNicholas, who is a writer-producer on Saturday Night Live. And most of the voice cast on the podcast is from Saturday Night Live. And... Here you have several stories co-written by people who you recognize, like Bobby Moynihan and Heidi Gardner and Ike Baronholtz and Paul Shear. You might recognize those names. Well. <laughs> I recognize Paul
1: Shear's name. I never recognize Bobby Moynihan.
0: Well, Heidi Gardner is on SNL currently. Ike Baronholtz did uh, the Mindy project with Mindy Kaling. Uh. This was delightful, and it had a really fun sort of indie vibe to it. Like, if you look at the artists on here, most of them you won't recognize, but Herman Peralta did a story, and Emma Kubert did a story. Yeah. That was sort of the tone of the art, and it was just sort of very timeless Batman. I've read that the vibe of the podcast, and I listened to the first one after reading this, so it did its job. The job of this book is to get me to listen to the podcast, and that's what happened. That's crazy, by the way.
1: What? that's the way that it goes. It's yeah. not the other.
0: The vibe of the show is very much the animated series plus the 60s series mel- melded together into one. So it's not a comedy, but it's sort of irreverent at times. It's not a straight-up comedy at all. I thought for sure it was going to be based on the people involved, but it's not. And that's sort of the vibe of the book, is the very timeless throwback stories of Batman. And the conceit of the whole thing is that so at some point into his career, Batman decides to officially become affiliated with the, with the Gotham City Police Department. So... He's becoming like an officially deputizer. But that's kind of the situation with it, on the 60s show anyway. Hmm. In the story, it's all about the introduction of the bat signal. So it's how the bat signal is affecting all these people. So there's like a Catwoman story and a Penguin story and a Riddler story and a Two-Face story. And so it's like what happens when they first see the bat signal in the sky. It was just really fun. Great Robin story from Paul Shear and Dennis McNicholas. Dennis McNicholas either wrote or co-wrote every story. And then you had other people. Like Bobby Moynihan co-wrote the Penguin story. He's the voice of the Penguin on the show. Right, Ike Barinholtz co-wrote the Two Face story. He's the voice of Two Face on the show.
1: So you've got an SNL writer producer who's got a hundred thousand Batman stories in him and does pretty yep. good at it. That's
0: interesting. It's, it was fun. It was really like you know the costume designs were very Bronze Agey. You know, it's a Catwoman with a purple dress and a green cape, and it's the classic Robin costume, and felt very much like this fun throwback with sort of indie art on it. The art was terrific, really, really terrific. Yeah, and Dennis McNicholas clearly. Loves Batman, loves the history of Batman, and can write comics because it wasn't overwritten. It was fun. It, some of them are really funny. They moved pretty well. There was action.
1: Are they all connected?
0: Well, they're they're connected in the way that it's all about sort of the same night in Gotham where they all see the signal. Right. But it's not like the stories. It's a bunch of short stories. There might be one okay. that are... And there's a connective tissue of Jack Ryder hosting a Gotham City special report that happens in, in between the stories. Deep cut. They aren't really connected. And I re- i only listened to the first episode of the show, and it's just the idea that the characters are the same is the, is the only connection. Yeah, I, it's, it's just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I loved the Robin story from Paul Shear and Dennis McNicholas, and I loved the King Scimitar story from Dennis McNicholas, drawn by Herman Peralta. That was terrific. I was
1: flipping through it, and I saw the panel. I didn't know who that was, but I saw the panel. I was like, that's a big sword. It gets <laughs> King Scimitar. Yeah, no. As soon as you said that I was like, "That's what I was looking at." I mean, that's just perfect. That's uh, iconography meeting meeting design.
0: Yeah, he's voiced by Fred Armisen on that podcast. You
1: tell me, Fred Armisen's doing a side project.
0: Fred Armisen's doing a side project. Jason Sudeikis is a voice. Seth Meyers is a voice. Keenan Thompson, like it's all SNL people doing the voice, all, except for Rosario Thompson, who's doing Catwoman, and Jeffrey Wright is Batman. The podcast I enjoyed, I only listened to one, but I liked the comic a hell of a lot. It was a lot of fun.
1: What's the format of the podcast? Is it like... Well,
0: the first episode also was a bunch of short stories that were connected, but I don't know how it is going forward. It was a half an hour. I think it was Introducing You to the World. I don't know for sure. I need to listen to another one to see if it's the same format. How long was the episode? About 30 minutes. Okay. It's an audio play. So how does that work? Do they sell ads on it, or... No, again, it's just to get you to sign up for HBO Max.
1: Is it a podcast then?
0: Oh, good question. It's an audio play, really. Yeah. Let's talk about Strange Adventures number 12, the final issue of the Tom King, Mitch Gerards, and Doc Shainer miniseries Clayton Cowles on letters. So, Josh, when we read Mr. Miracle, uh-huh. we went into the final issue with the same sort of, not confusion, but like, is this going to all make sense in the end? And for me, it did. I read issue 12 of Mr. Miracle, and it just sort of all locked into place. Right. And I right, got it. Right. It made total sense. Everything that happened made sense. All the stuff that was confusing made sense. It did its job. I'm not sure I understand. That <laughs> was Adventures. my main
1: review and and before you even got to any of that what I was going to say was Connor I don't understand and I need some help.
0: <laughs> well I'm no help cuz I was halfway through I was like I don't think this is going to be the same. I don't I don't understand what's going on here.
1: Which isn't say I'm disappointed with your answer because it's also validating. I was like all, all right cuz a lot of times I'll be like I don't know what happened you'd be like right there on that page that thing happened. Yeah. i like oh I didn't see that. I felt as if At the beginning that I had missed an issue. Mm -hmm. I said, wait a minute, where do we... I didn't miss an issue, I'm aware of it. Right. I think it's
0: probably there. I think this is going to require a reread. Yeah. Like all the way through. I'm
1: almost positive because it's been a long time. And so I find it difficult to tell you if I thought it ended well because I'm not really sure how it ended.
0: Yeah, Mr. Miracle had that moment where I think it was Oberon revealed like you're basically a comic character. This is all true. Mm You know, and that was where everything clicked into place, with all the conflicting elements of the story. Here, I'm not quite sure what the ultimate point of the story was. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to feel about any of these characters at the end of this.
1: I think it comes down to Alana, is I don't know what I'm supposed to be thinking about her. Right. I don't understand her or her motivation. The time jumping back and forth, which is helped greatly by the two artists who Mm -hmm. really do not look the same, but it's seamless enough that I kind of have to think about it when I'm reading it. I mean, I'm like, wait, where are we now? Okay, right, the visual, but I don't notice when the art changes, basically, is what I'm saying. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it's Alana. I think I don't understand Alana, and therefore, it's not making complete sense to me.
0: I mean, at the end of the last issue, she kills Adam Strange. And in this one, he's dead. You know, this is out of continuity, it's black label. Sure. She looks like she hooks up with Mr. Terrific, and he's going to raise the daughter. That's what it seems like. Did they hook up, or was it just they're having... No, I mean, like, hooks up with him, right. physi- like, not physically, but, you know, like... Right, okay. He takes her back to get the daughter from the Picts, and they get the daughter, and it looks like the she's going pretty... back to Ron to become the sort of the yep. new Adam Strange, and he's going to raise the daughter, which is strange, because the whole thing was, I want my daughter back, and now she's leaving the daughter with someone else on Earth. So, so at the saying? end of the day, she's in the same position. I need to read it again.
1: I think I need to read it again. And like, I'm guessing you need to read the whole
0: thing. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know
1: what I mean? It's not like you can just go to eleven and get it. No. I think no. It's no. all there. I think you wrote a novel, and I think that where the others, it was successful in issue form. This one may have needed to be done all at once. Because I'm not. Yeah. sure. I don't even. I yeah. can't even give you like a really like a solid review of this right now because I haven't gotten my head around it. And I'm not quite willing to say that that's a weakness. And I know that people are like, oh, you just like, you know. But I, I don't see it likely that if we do a thing that would just fall on its face that nobody would have noticed.
0: I always appreciate the audaciousness of what they yes. do, what he does with his artist teams. And that means just, again, like Grant Morrison, it's not always going to work. And it hasn't always worked in the past.
1: Yes. but I'm saying is that I'm not sure that it didn't work yet. I'm, I'm not quite willing to make that call.
0: I don't know either. I'm just saying maybe it didn't, and that's okay, because I've been enjoying the ride, but I have to reread it all the way through to make the final call, I think.
1: Yeah. This is probably not what people were looking for. I'm sorry. But, you know, at the, at the same time, what I would say, I understand how you feel. I didn't get what I was looking for either.
0: <laughs> I have failed you. <laughs> all of you. What did you think of Dead Box Number 2 from Mark Russell from, uh, who's the publisher of this? Is this is uh... Walt? Vault. Uh,
1: vault. Vault. I barely remembered reading one. Benjamin Tisma. I remember that it was confusing, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure what it was. Vault number two, or not vault number two, dead box <laughs> dead number two. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be an, like an anthology series about a... I'm not entirely sure how the dead box, which is like a red box machine yeah. that
0: does something. That conceit doesn't do anything for the story, I don't think. It didn't in this issue.
1: However, in fact, I because I'd kind of forgotten about it, I, I, they mentioned it. It's on page eight or whatever. Like somebody goes to the dead box to get a movie, and then I guess the story goes from there.
0: So in the Either first issue, though. in the first issue, we were yeah. in this town with these characters, and at some point, in the at some point, one of the characters rented like that weird sci fi movie. We went into the mm. movie for a little while, and we were like, okay, in this movie, we're still with the characters. It's still the girl. Are these the same the, characters? Same characters. It's the girl at the store oh, okay. and the couple. Who's the guy? Might may or may not be gay. They're all the same characters, and then at some point, the couple, she breaks up with the guy because everyone thinks he's gay because he bought pink pants. And so she reads a romantic comedy, which on the cover features two people filleting a banana, and they go to that movie for a while. I don't think the movie bit adds anything to the story. It doesn't do anything for the story.
1: Okay, so for putting me. that aside, I, I agree with you on that. I think it's sort of like a creature of the week, thriller, horror, whatever. That's the connective tissue that doesn't really matter. The two stories in here and the way they were written, I found incredibly enjoyable.
0: No, I love the town stuff. I love the town stuff. I think it's been terrific. And I get the whole, you know, in the movie itself, it's about training these monkeys and it's about, you know, it's about societal brainwashing, Mm -hmm. but how you're trained by society to deal with certain things. I get that. That's the allegory. I just don't think it adds anything to the the story. I think that if you take that, that monkey stuff, it's still a great story, but the small town, and it's still interesting, and all the Mark Russell social commentary is still there, and it's just as powerful without the monkey stuff, that's all I'm saying. A
1: couple of things that I noticed reading this. A, I really did enjoy this, just sort of the two main stories with the mm-hmm. people, and how it you know, worked, and, and the, the thoughtfulness of the things. And I think that what keeps getting me about Mark Russell is that he has a style, but he's not saying the same thing over and over. He's really, like, somewhat broad about the ills of society, and... Mm-hmm. Interpersonal relationships and how we do things, and a lot of this is about it's a basically the story is about conformity, mm-hmm. and it is you know how we are bred and raised to conform to something, you know, and what that means, and how it gives us happiness or unhappiness, and it's just in the space of an issue, it's pretty broad ranging, and he touches on all of these different things, like he's just got a real eye, you know. Th- this felt most like a Flintstones issue. Yes, you know, it if did. we go way back. And the other thing that kind of amazed me is that he works with a bunch of different artists. He's not just with one person, but he seems to keep being able to work with people who do his scripts really well with the sort of the facial discomfort and like the exaggerated Mm -hmm. excitement and anger and like people with confused looks on their faces. Like there's a spiritual connection in this art to that of Steve Pugh or to whichever. And I find that really interesting.
0: Yeah, no, the art was really good from Benjamin Tezma.
1: Yeah, but but either way, like like he he managed to get he manages to get artists who do those things really well for his scripts, and it seems to happen over and over again. And I think that's kind of amazing. Yeah, that he keeps finding people, or people find them for him, or whoever it is, you know, who can do that sort of small, personal, almost silly drama, like from the, you know, that that stuff was in Red Sonia and Lone Ranger, and the stuff was in. Wonder Twins and Mm -hmm. that sort of silliness. And I think at some point I would get sick of the things that he has to say, but these just endless short stories about, they're really morality tales in a way. Yes. You know, over and over in, in one way and just sort of like looking at society from a slightly skewed perspective. It's still interesting. It's still, you know, it's funny, but that's not even the main draw. It's just that, look at it this way, you know, I just find it so impressive.
0: Yeah. God, the part in the middle with the medicine was tough. It's like, ugh.
1: Yeah. It's tough.
0: Yes, it was. Yeah, so he's, and he's got
1: that in there, too. And it all tends to work together. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's very
1: funny that he got... So basically, there's a guy... I'll just tell you, then we're going to move along. Yeah. They're at a flea market, and he sees some pants, and he goes, Oh, man, I had these pants when I was in high school. They're great. How much are they? Three dollars. Great, I'm going to go put them on. And then he comes back, and they're purple. And the lady who sold him is like, You know those are women's pants. And he's like, so they fit, so what's the, and then everybody's staring at him, and his life falls apart, and his wife can't handle it, because he put some ladies' pants on, and he was okay with it. Yeah. I imagine if you are a person in their 20s, you know, you're like, these people are backwards idiots, but if you're people who are maybe a little bit older, and have sort of lived in both worlds, Mm -hmm. I feel like Connor and I have lived in, like, like we came from this earlier world where, like, people didn't stray from doing those things, and when we were kids...
0: No, that would not have been okay, when we were kids...
1: Right, you know, like we saw through our lifetime a real change in the acceptance of gay people or people who are not gender norm conformity or whatever. and listen, it's still a big problem, but 15, 20 years ago it was like you wouldn't even like it oh. would destroy you 30. Um, 40 so it's really interesting. Years. yeah, so that was good. hey let's uh let's talk about our thing for a bit. Mm. not for a long time. I'm thing of ours. <laughs> this thing of ours. So we should we should redo our patron things to be like the mob ones we used to Goodfellas because I okay. it was funny. Okay, we can do that. Soldier, capo, associate, <laughs> friend. Uh, go to patreon.com slash I Fanboy and uh, help support the show if you like the show over the past few years you have unlocked things you've, you're unlockers that's what you do what you do is you you say here's a key and we I'm going to let that go it's a bad metaphor there's the patron pick we do that every week on the show you've changed the show there's talk splodes books blows, media explodes, YouTube content being uploaded all the old shows uh, are going up there and I think that's been valuable. Then there's the monthly patron hangouts. We have the new stretch goal. If we hit our next stretch goal, it is that we're going to add a comic book TV show, special edition to our rosters of shows, where we will cover not every comic book show, but the ones, uh, like a season, therefore. The ones the we're already time, watching. We'll talk about yeah. 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 Well, so we have something to say about it. Not not a forced March show. No, no, no. Like, we're probably not going to get through uh, many, many shows, because most, I was talking about Most, even. A- I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about comic book shows, and it just occurred to me: I was like, "There's so fucking many of these now."
0: I forgot that "Why the Last Man" existed. I watched the first episode, and I forgot it existed. Wow! Just because there's a so great many, there's show. just I know, but there's just so many things, and I was like, "Oh right, that show I haven't thought about it in three weeks." Now I'm seven episodes behind. Well, I'm not going to watch that. You should. I know. I don't. You
1: have should time. whatever you're watching that isn't that though. You should watch that. Yeah.
0: But you're right. That's the
1: point. Just over. If you have the HBO Max, for example, you're just you're done right there. Hmm. If you choose to watch those things, they are pushing Titans on me hard, by the way.
0: <laughs> you would not. And
1: like I don't want You would nope, not. Like I it. do not want it. Although my kids have been watching Teen Titans go lately. And it's fantastic. So there's that. If we reach the next one after that, bit of a pipe dream. But as the barbecue video show we'll be coming back on a quarterly basis, there's also the patron Facebook group and patron Discord server for a little bit of that community flavor you may have been missing. We show up in Discord sometimes. I forget about it for weeks at a time, like Connor with Why the Last Man. Go mm-hmm. to ifanboy.threadless.com. You can find 11 designs you can put on T-shirts, sweatshirts. Can you put them on ladies' underwear instead of things? <laughs> oh, Man's boy. underwear? I don't know. I don't know. I think we check a box that says, yeah, put it on this thing. Uh, Some of them go on skateboards. Some of them go on phone cases. I got a new phone, and I need a new case. So I got to see if that's available yet. The Clint is dead, and the I Love Comics uh, are available now. Clint was dead.
0: uh, I think it was last week. Yeah, it was in in Dark Ages. Yep.
1: And I was like, really, page fucking one? (laughs) You took down Clint and Taskmaster? sword in his back. Yep page one didn't even mention it you guys don't need to exist now that's when i realized that tom taylor knew exactly that taskmaster and clint barton are equal and opposite opposing forces in good and evil in comics mm. and i think that's why i like them both There's something there there's two sides of a coin we should work on that that should be the okay. pitch. you know who could write that matt rosenberg true. Sure. I want to write it. Designs can be applied to all sorts of things, like we said. Go to ifanboy.com slash support. You will find a direct donation via PayPal link if you want to help out, but you don't want to deal with that stuff. Finally, com slash Amazon. If you're a Prime member, you could read uh, that book that we just talked about, for example, the Mm -hmm. the pick. Clear. Clear? Clear. 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 (laughs) Also, you could use those links to buy the books that we talk about on the Booksplodes. You can find the Pick of the Week linked every week. You can use that as a general link to go get some stuff, and, and that's an affiliate link for us, which helps.
0: That's all. There was about five minutes for Norse Mythology number two, number five. Number two, number five. Norse Mythology 2, number five was considered to be the pick of the week. I just love these fucking stories. I just love them. Yes. I mean, they're classic parables. I'm not (laughs) reinventing the wheel by saying these are great stories. Everyone knows these are great stories. Also, the art was by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta this time. Oh, it was, wasn't it? It was awesome. This book was great. This was a nice little parable about the apples that the Asgardians eat that keep them uh, immortal and how that gets all fucked up by Loki and a giant eagle. And I just love these stories. I just love that they're doing these in a high-quality comic book way. I just enjoyed this book so much.
1: This, to me, it's, you know, I don't know if people know, but, like, these are what comics used to be. You know, like, this was a type of comic, is it would just be, yeah. like, a short story. You know, you could, it, this is volume two, number five. You could pick this up, having never read yeah, anything. And you could sure. get a little parable about the Norse gods, and it will be interesting, and it's a little... I want to say the word I'm using is basic, but I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, it's just it's a, it's a simple little story. It's not good old superheroes. It's, it's like uh, good old comics and stories. Like, comics used to be much more far ranging, yeah. uh, at least in, in terms of what most people were reading. But this is done with like such high end modern skill that yes. it's really cool. <laughs>
0: and the uh, Walt Art was beautiful.
1: The cold open of the first uh, episode of The Wire is about them finding a body and there's a character named Snot Boogie and every week Snot Boogie tries to steal their money and then McNulty asks the kid, he's like, well, if he steals your money every week, why do you let him play? And he's like, you got to, it's America. And Loki <laughs> is Snot Boogie. Yeah, exactly. Like, why do they keep Loki around? You got to, it's Asgard. Yep. <laughs> That's what I think.
0: You need the chaos element. <laughs> Shang-Chi number five, Jin Lunyang. Yang. D.K. Ron, I'm probably saying that horribly wrong. This has been the continuation of the Shang-Chi versus the Marvel Universe story that we've been doing every issue. It's been a story with another character. This is Iron Man.
1: I thought this thing did everything right in what the kung- Shang-Chi master of kung fu should have been doing. Right. And it was have some kung fu shit, and and like the art was exactly what it needed to be. It had elements of manga. And the motion lines and sort of the shapes. And, you know, he starts to get kind of the crazy Dragon Ball Z hair in this. And also, there are some nods where, well, you you wonder yourself, well, what business does a master of Kung Fu have fighting with Iron Man and Thor or whoever, you know? And in this, they gave it some shrift. Like, you know, there's little bits where you Mm -hmm. have Iron Man just going, man, I forgot how fast he was. And he (laughs) has, you know, Admantium plated three-section staff. And, like, it just felt like a kung fu book that yes. existed within the Marvel Universe. And there were just some beautiful and great sequences. I liked, you know, that like, the, the very beginning, there's these guys, and they come in to sell Iron Man's armor, and also it's Iron Man's mid-late 80s silver and red armor, which is awesome. And, you know, the deal goes bad, and guns pop out of their every orifice and i just thought it was super fun i was like oh this is the comic book that i want to read for this and i think after we got all the setup down and everything I was like just have some kung fu action let the artist go not on the page
0: this has been a really terrific volume of shang chi where he's been yep. with captain america and wolverine and all these different marvel characters and this one was particularly fun you're right the action was really well done and exciting and you're right normally you think iron man and shang chi face off shang chi's down in five minutes but no, not so in this issue it was yeah, good. and, and it, was it made cool. sense. It wasn't like a stretch. It was like okay, and know. it wasn't
1: like it wasn't like reinventing the wheel. It was just no. like oh, it's cool. Something happened to my glove. You sure about <laughs> that? He's holding the glove.
0: Like we're awesome. All of the characters who he's been dealing with, except for I think Wolverine, are together at the end to uh, yeah figure out the Shang Chi problem. Also, it was a very funny visual gag where the his little sister's got the Iron Man helmet on her head. It's a gigantic mm-hmm. helmet.
1: Mm-hmm. I, was, I was actually didn't fun. get. I didn't get the end bit where, like, Iron Man's like, we were right. And I was like, no, you're not. He isn't a bad guy now. I don't know what you're talking about, but whatever.
0: They're going to figure that out. May's book number two, number one, was Pick of the Week. This continues. I really love this issue as well. As this father works his way through his grief and he thinks his dead daughter, who we found out about the first issue, may be alive. She was a big fan of maze books when she was sick. A voice has been calling him in the middle of the night saying, I'm still alive, come find me, I'm in the center. And he, he, he figures out, or he thinks that he figured out that she's in the center of a giant maze and he starts seeing mazes everywhere. I don't know if this is a literal supernatural thing, which I'd be fi- I'm okay with. Or if it's this guy's you know, intense grief is making him see the world in a way that's not there. But I thought this was incredibly affecting issue. He goes to visit his ex-wife, who has moved on with her life and has a new family, and that was a lot of tension there, and this continues to be terrific. I just love the simplicity of the art. Jeff Lemire is very, very good at human emotion through very few lines.
1: Kang the Conqueror number three, we we're in a Kang era, which is what <laughs> Kang would want, by the way, the yes. obvious thing. I mean, we've done this, we talked this to death, but this issue is kang a lot of Kang. It's Kang versus Kang, and Kang is double-crossing Kang. And it takes a real ego to think that you're better than yourself. And they're really leaning into it, and it's ridiculous. And I think that there's probably a limit to how much we can take, but yeah, I'm okay right now.
0: This might have been at the edge of that limit. I really like this issue, but also at the same time, I found myself thinking, what is going on here? Like uh-huh. With time travel and Kang, you can do anything. You can have young Kang show up and kill 60s Kang, like literally Kang mm-hmm. from the 1960s comics fighting the Avengers in the 1960s. And sort of take over his position as Kang. And you're just like, okay, like, there's nothing you can really, it never really will make sense. But right. that's Kang for you. I consider that a Kang strength,
1: actually, because most of the time <laughs> when strength. I read a Kang story, I don't quite get it. Mm-hmm. And then I think, doesn't matter. That's yes. a feature, not a bug. It's the Kang Yes, it is. The Kang is exactly <laughs> what's happening. And listen, there is going to be a limit to this. And right. I don't want to lose it. But also, that's also fine. Just, like, shove me with as much Kang as you can, and I'll enjoy it, and then when it's over, it's over. You know? We'll have had Kang. Right. You know, and they'll try. They'll be like, hey, here's some more Kang. And you're like, no, dude, you you did it. Don't don't, don't ruin it. But right now, e- eat up. You're at the all-you-can-eat rib barbecue.
0: And we even mentioned, the, you know, the best part of this was inserting Doctor Doom. In, in Doctor Doom's miniseries, we had oh. Kang show up. So here, Doctor Doom shows up, and we have the terrific back-and-forth in which the two Kangs are Kang posturing at each other, and Young Kang says time means nothing to Kang And so Doom pops up Kang means nothing to Doom If you're going to have two guys in a room Or three guys technically speaking These are the guys to have in a room
1: I'll tell you what if you ever need to improve Doom Add Kang and vice versa <laughs> so, Kang is Doom But silly Yes, It's, it's well, like it, oh, Eventually we're going to Hey at one point they said that Doom was a Kang descendant Possibly or Maybe it was vice versa Well, because, you know,
0: Kang is a Richard's Ascendant, so that would make Richard's and Doom something.
1: (gasps) Oh, my God.
0: So, we'll find out. Another book that I thought about for big week was Six Psychics of Trigger Keaton, number five. This was just a big old crazy brawl, and it was incredibly well drawn by Chris Schweitzer. It's a giant brawl inside, basically like a set for like a Egyptian film, like Temple of Doom or Cleopatra or something with a hundred angry stuntmen fighting our six heroes and there's just so much crazy action going on. And then we get a really interesting character reveal in the middle of it. I thought this was another terrific issue.
1: It was. There should always be one of these books. Yes. Like, there should always be, once a month, I should get a Kyle Starks book. that's just got a bunch of weirdos in it. And he's <laughs> Hearken to and... me.
0: Yeah, in the middle of it, the pacifist sidekick nurse who hasn't wanted to get any of the fights is revealed to also be a kung fu master who has sort of got to decide to go back into fighting. And he starts fighting everybody just like the girl can. It was fun. And then at the end, because this is issue five Tr- and six, Tr- six of the final issue, one of the guys said, oh, I know who killed Keaton. because This whole thing's about finding out who killed Trigger Keaton. Right.
1: I thought this was terrific. Trigger Keaton made the kid, the pacifist, the nurse, mm-hmm. do one finger push-ups shirtless over a barbecue while he read a copy of, quote, high-class skank. With his feet up on his back.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty good. There was one panel in here where we see the first attack of the stuntmen. I'm trying to find it. It's on page uh well six, Josh, for you. Where we see like, you know, all the stuntmen jumping off with the ropes. Yeah. And there's just so much great cartoon work in there. Very minimal lines, but there's so much action with the movement of the ropes. It's just incredibly good cartoon work here.
1: Schweitzer's an amazing cartoonist and it's really yeah. easy like if you if you I mean, I don't know why you would, but if you were just following him on social media and you weren't familiar with his work you know, he does a lot of sketches and like his like, you know, he does characters in his style. That's a thing that he does all the time. But the mm-hmm. first time we came across him, and he was doing these pirate books for Oni. Right. And, you know, this is that guy. Like, so it's not just you're right. And I kind of hadn't really considered it. But like, it's really good comic book work. He draws a great car. Who draws yes. a great car and can right. do all of this other stuff? And all the characters, you know who you're looking at? And there's a lot of them.
0: Yeah, it's real good. Yeah. yeah. I think the first issue, we weren't quite sure, but I really enjoyed this book. Me too.
1: It's one of those ones that I see. It comes out in a week, and I, I get excited. I'm like, oh, awesome. Because it's not like anything
0: else. It's not right.
1: like anything else, it's, and that's that's important.
0: So those books we wanted to talk about, but if you're a patron at patreon.com slash iFanboy, every patron can vote every week to add a book to the rundown. We call it the patron pick. We talked about it on the episode. This week, the patron pick, clear number one. So we have a cord again. Happened last month like three times. Mm-hmm. We'll do what what we normally do in this segment, Josh, is do our ratings on clear. Number one, ratings. Ratings.
1: Do you think that the patrons are getting better at predicting things that we will like or would, you know, look favorably upon? Is that a thing that's happening?
0: No. I I mean, it's just, I think it's just a cluster right now. You know, if you you go out to the entire year, you're, you're looking at maybe four times out of 50, you know.
1: I think there's, I do think that there is hunger for variance. In in content and and that's been a thing.
0: I, I also, as we discussed in eight hundred, there's there's a myriad of reasons why to pick a patron pick. Sure. And I think people were excited about this Snyder book. They didn't feel like a Snyder book. I don't know. There's a lot of things going on here. Anyway, ratings out of Fair. five stars. I'm going to give ratings. clear. and I'm going to give it a five because my pick, Josh. Three and a half. Sticking with it. Yes. I am too. Yes. I don't know if that's how long it's going or what, but I'm definitely sticking with it. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy that's where you can vote to add a book to the rundown. But at the $5 or higher level, you get your own superpower live on the show as we make our way through the list of people like these four patrons
1: Aaron Allen, brother of Ethan Allen, brother of Ethan Allen, Revolutionary <laughs> War hero from Vermont.
0: <laughs> they were born very far apart.
1: <laughs> has the ability to always give the right answer when cornered. Oh, oh. So any business meeting, anytime you know, he's not prepared, they say, Aaron, but what are the numbers <laughs> in quarter four? And he's like, 3.56 million. Wow. He doesn't know where he got it, but he's, this he's just got comes it. comes to
0: him. He's, just comes to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's his, it, his version of the spider sense is that he always has the answer. Right. Even if not prepared and not, not expecting the question. It's good. It's a good one. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the fact that you just said, Josh, you're up. And I had not thought for one moment. <laughs> not, I, I, I cannot. The stakes are lower besides. here. I cannot. No, you're thousands of people don't listen to him in his business meeting.
0: That's true. <laughs> I can't fire you, though.
1: The stakes are only lower because we just think of it as you and I.
0: That's true. But if, there are other if people some, here. If
1: somebody, if somebody here says the wrong thing, it's all over. That's true.
0: It's over. Yep. It's over. Mark White, every 10 years, Mark White sheds his skin like a snake and comes out looking five years younger. It's like the best uh-huh. facial. You know, he comes out, he's lost five years on his skin. He looks terrific. You see Mark, you're like, what happened?
1: Wait, so he gets it every five years? Or no, every 10 years, years he's, and-
0: he sheds his skin and looks five years younger.
1: I like that. That's good math. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Okay. So it's not... He's not in. He does not live in stasis. No, no, no. He's he's still aging. Just is this just the appearance, or like could he could he theoretically make it to one hundred and forty because of this process? No,
0: this is just his his skin, his appearance. Okay, so his body is
1: still aging at the same.
0: Yeah, it's like people in Beverly Hills. Fair. Your body's inside is aging, but natural. Yeah, he doesn't have to pay for that microderm skin abrasion thing. Crisp diction
1: cannot pick the winner but can pick the loser <laughs> so he goes to the track uh-huh. you know like you want to be the guy who can pick the winner like that horse is going to win he can't do that but he can tell you like that guy's the loser now he can't pick all the losers because that would by default tell you the the winner what if it's a two-horse race he might have an advantage there yeah yeah fair enough yeah, yeah. In a two-person race, I guess he does have that. What about,
0: is it any sport events like a baseball game? He you know the loser. What if I put an asterisk on and say
1: in anything that requires more than two people or teams?
0: <laughs> so any horse be, race, but, okay?
1: Or well, see, though, marathon? It's, it's about an it's about an individual though. So mm-hmm. like, say that you have a. a, a, a football game and you can apply this to whatever version of the word football you want. Right. I want to be continental and say football but mean soccer, but then I have to clarify it in America. Football and I, I resent the whole yep. thing. Yep. Footy. Football. Footy. If I say so if I say football, you'll mm-hmm. know that I mean yes. the a beautiful game and yes. not not the Pittsburgh Steelers. He would pick out he could pick out a guy and be like, that person is going to lose. Now that doesn't mean the team's gonna lose
0: but it's, the person like, it's gonna lose. go badly.
1: Yeah. In some way. I really was only thinking about this in horse racing terms when I started talking, so everything else after that was just. You could just jungle. make
0: it about horse races.
1: I mean, <laughs> feels possibly too narrow. All right, that stock's a loser.
0: Alex Cassara. you ever Spy Hunter, Josh?
1: Of course I do. That was a must. I was. A, I got. I better get a quarter. They have Spy Hunter here.
0: Yeah, Spy Hunter was. I the... got to play
1: for. I, I can play for one and a half minutes before I die.
0: You play longer than you played Pole Position, but not that much uh-huh. longer.
1: No, that's the thing that people don't understand about how video games used to be. <laughs> they were very short and very expensive.
0: I could have bought a real car for the amount of quarters I spent on sure. Pole Position for the, the accumulated total of maybe one hour of gameplay. I was over into, the course of my
1: Stewart's off road, where yeah. there were three wheels and you would go uh, around the course.
0: I just know that the th- movie theater by my house had Pole Position and Spy Hunter and it had Gauntlet and um, I think at one point Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was added but the point is I spent so much money on Pole Position and Spy Hunter as a kid at the movie theater I could have bought a house. Anyway, Alex Kassar is a human Spy Hunter car. He can shoot smoke bombs and oil slicks and oh. surface-to-air missiles out of him. <laughs> so if <you're, laughs> he's being chased he can, he can emit an oil slick. So he's not his pursuer. Does, <laughs> doesn't take the form of a car. No, it just comes out of a where and it's how you. I don't really want to get into.
1: In modern action films, not, not enough oil slicks slick
0: very much anymore. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we realize the environmental harm that would come from oil slicks.
1: When you say oil slick now, do you I, do you picture I picture a man in basic cowboy uniform, but like the like the eighties version, so like a denim and a hat. You know, mm-hmm. Just like Alan Jackson,
0: just slipping right. his arms up in the air.
1: As soon as you say it, well, it's like, ooh.
0: <laughs> <Smoke> screen <laughs> All of it. <laughs> so don't chase Alex Kassara. And if
1: he gets in trouble, does a truck come along and he runs up into it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. oh, Patreon.com slash iFanboy. at the $5 higher level, you can get super live on the show. Like Aaron, Mark, Crisp, Diction, and Alex. Let's do an email. We got a little bit of time. Matt P. from Miami, Florida. For a very, very long time, comic books were clearly better than comic book movies. Their technology didn't support our suspension of disbelief. There were few enough that almost all of them were origin stories, and therefore studios were rarely willing to invest in the scope and scale needed to bring the page to life. Is there a case to be made now that comic book movies are better than comic books, especially if you exclude comic books outside the DC Marvel superhero genres? My emotional reaction to the climax of Endgame was certainly more intense than reading the climax of any modern superhero event. The writing for the best of them, like Ragnarok, is at least on par with the mainstream superhero books. The world-building of Black Panther was better than most contemporary books, with the ironic exception of some of the most recent runs of Black Panther itself. Is it too sacrilegious to even debate? No, it's not sacrilegious. Not to debate. I was
1: was thinking as you went through this, and I think that this is important. There are two different things. Mm -hmm. And one of them is easier than the other to ingest and one of them is easier than the other to produce so a movie is easier to ingest it is a gigantic number of people and resources and investment pointed at you to deliver an emotional result and move product and what these movies did was they took the things that work best about serial superhero comics and for once where I believe it will be successful at combining that with what works great about movies and they have been greatly successful because of it.
0: Yep, change the whole industry. And that will end, by the way.
1: I think about that sometimes. It was the other day when I was like, There's so many superhero shows and I'm like, this is gonna be over someday, just like Westerns.
0: It's a modern Western, that's all it is. I was yep. I was watching a show recently and I was I was watching Stargirl and Joel McHale plays Starman in flashbacks, wearing the full on used Starman costume. Ted? Like the, not the Oh. He doesn't wear the red suit with the yellow it's the oh. the red, white, and blue suit from like okay. the forties. So no Finn. No. And I think to myself, does he feel ridiculous? And I thought, well, he's just he's just wearing a Western costume. Like that's all it is. Yeah.
1: It's really interesting.
0: So it's
1: a good question because like, well then what is it that makes you feel what does it make you feel something about comics? And I, I think that I think comics are more of a long term slow burn situation. You, it's a habit. It's a part of your life. You go back in. You're reading these stories for years. So like, is a premiere network drama better than a soap opera? Yes. Are there people out there who are much more attached to... I mean, and these are old things. I don't know if there even are soap operas like that anymore.
0: Yeah, there are. There's a couple. They're not, all. not as many as there used to be. Like
1: Days of Our Lives because they watch it every day. And they're invested in the thing and have been for a long time. It's a different... They're both using superheroes, and they're both using similar stories and characters, but th- it's a different delivery device and ultimately a different product, if that. That's how I tend well,
0: to... They all pluses it. and minuses. You know, like, I agree sure. with him that I tend to get much more emotional watching a movie, even a superhero movie, than reading a comic because those are real people. And my we well, were just talking about that. Lizard brain connects episode. to that more than a drawing of a person. Right. You know, we were talking about food on the 800th episode. You know, when when there's a real actor who's very good at their job, you know... Mm -hmm. emoting on screen more than likely will elicit an emotional reaction from you as opposed to a drawing of a face
1: right and it to be fair it's easier for them to do it and to be fair at this point like now i I tend to appreciate looking at a well-drawn produced comic book page more than i am most shots in movies Mm -hmm. because i'm not most of it i mean there's times that it works both ways but like a movie is more likely to make you swell up with an emotion than a comic book you know but a still from a movie isn't going to go up my wall as quick as, like, a comic book page that I loved.
0: Now, you mentioned earlier that the movie's now replicating the comic book experience. So, you know, you've got... Endgame was the culmination of a yeah. 12-year story on screen. So it's it's, to do, it's doing the same serialized storytelling so that by the end of it, you've got 12 years of emotion invested yeah. in the story. So it ends, and of course you're going to feel something except for Endgame because it was a terrible movie. But
1: uh, <laughs> I, t- if, I just want to point out... I don't agree with that, and I'm not arguing with Connor. But I don't want to hear from anybody that you guys don't like whatever. I'm letting him say it; it's his op- his opinion, and I totally respect it. That's all. Infinity
0: War was terrific, and Game was bad. But you know, so it makes sense. You know, I don't disagree necessarily. I've said for years that I thought animation was a better medium for superheroes than comics are, and I don't necessarily still disagree with myself, but. All of these mediums have different strengths and weaknesses, and I mean, Matt's correct that they can do such great things now in the movies that you can replicate a lot of things from the comic book reading experience on screen, and you can you're going you're gonna to touch more people, way more people than i will ever read a comic book. Will be moved by the plight of Tony Stark than will ever read an Iron Man comic. Mm-hmm. They're very good. It just depends what you're looking for and what you what you respond to. Like if you're if you're to- going totally on the metric of emotional response, then, then yes. You could make a case that comic movies are better than comic books, but they're all different. They're all different storytelling.
1: I think it's interesting because, and I don't, know how, I don't know how normal people are with this, but like I don't get lost in a comic book anymore most of the time because I read it like trying to look for what makes great comic books, which isn't the same thing as looking for great stories or a great experience or something. And I do that with movies sometimes, but it is easier for me to get lost in a movie. And I consider that a plus. Like, wow, well, I wasn't thinking about anything. Whereas a mm-hmm. lot of time I will be like that was a great bit of dialogue. Oh, look what they did there acting. You know, look at that mm-hmm. shot. You know, I do that when I watch anything, but it's easier to get lost in the comic. And if you're not of that mindset where you're analyzing everything all the time because that's what you are trained in, movies are a much quicker hit, yeah. but less frequent.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, also you're we've talked about this a lot over the years. I'm certainly I'm annoyed by a lot of the ways that movies are affecting comics. I'm not like I'm not venerating the, the movies above everything, but there's a lot more freedom you know, there's a lot yeah. more freedom in these movies to tell a story than there is in a comic because, ironically, because, you know, the, the comic artist and writer are the freest of all because they can write and draw well, whatever the, they
1: the want. The method.
0: But, but what I'm saying is the continuity doesn't bog the movies down, although sure. it's going to start doing that. But, you know, you can tell a great standalone Black Panther film because you don't have to worry about 30 years of Black Panther history plus all the other appearances he's making. You can just tell your singular Black Panther story. So there's a lot more freedom in that to, to not yeah. be beholden to what's come before. But then it, there are other problems involved with that as well.
1: You have the ability to. There's other sensory signifiers in a movie,
0: mm-hmm. so like music and yeah.
1: Well, not even the music, but like T'Challa's voice, right? Like that doesn't exist in comic books. Right. But if you're watching a movie and there's a sweeping shot over the plains of Wakanda and you hear the actor's voice talk, you cannot do that in a comic book. It is not possible. And that's, so just sound as an aspect of the experience does not exist in comic books. Mm-hmm. And so they've got something on you there. It's not even the motion. It's, you know, like there's just that one other element. You know, like, you know, you only have visual and reading, basically, in, in the comic book. You've got a bunch of other things. We're sensory beings, and that, yeah. that's that's going to. They're working work. with and different I, tools. I, we could go on this forever.
0: Yeah. Yep. I listen, it's obviously not too sacrilegious to debate. It's an interesting conversation. I don't think, if you're someone who thinks the movies are better than comics, that's totally, I think it's totally fine. I mean, they're, they're good. Clearly a lot of people... A lot more people watch. You're stories. the majority. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're very good. All these things, for the most part, are being done at very high levels of quality. There's a reason why they make billions of dollars. And I don't think there's anything wrong with,
1: with enjoying them more. They have an enormous incentive to do it really well and yeah. a track record to let them invest in it. You know, the, the benefit, I think the one benefit that comic books have is the ability to experiment with their storytelling and how they're going to do things. And you can get much more variety in comic book. In their storytelling than you would in movies just because mm-hmm. of investment
0: enjoy it while it lasts <laughs> it's all gonna be pirates next time <laughs> R. contact at ifanboy.com that's you can write in like matt p from miami florida or if you want to write in for our media explode show please put media explode in the subject line so we know what show the most meant for thank you for writing in here's some things that are happening speaking of media explode right behind this show on the feed is our latest episode of media explode that's where me and josh and ron our original co-hosts talk about some non-comics media that we've been enjoying. And this past one, we did a deep dive on The mini Saints of Newark and also Ted Lasso Season 2. And also, we did a, a long bit on Martin Scorsese and Goodfellas in the email segment. It was a fun show, interesting discussion about those the movie and the TV series and Scorsese and other things. It was a good episode, if I can say so myself. So check that out in the feed behind this right. one. And then coming up this week, if all goes to plan, as you never know, it will be our special edition uh, coverage on What If... The Animated Brain Trust is going to reconvene to cover the first season of What If, just like we did for Invincible. This is sort of a preview of the kind of show you'd get for if we hit the next stretch goal uh, covering a season of the comic book show. So you can check that out coming this week. And then later this month, we have a patron hangout on October 30th, where me and Ron and Josh will talk about comic book nonsense, or even just all kinds of nonsense for an hour. Chat room Q&A, that's where we talk about the news sometimes. We spend a lot of time talking about Substack when that news hit on the patron hangout. And occasionally, usually there's a pre-show happy hour with me and a bunch of other people who aren't normally on the Hangout. So the next one will be October 30th. Check that out there. And then coming later this month, I think, will be the special edition for the Injustice cartoon. because so that comes out next week. But just because we have so many shows, we're going to have to push that show back a few weeks. And then at some point, Josh, will have a talk explode. It's
1: in scheduling.
0: So in hopefully scheduling. that's a lot, of, a lot of stuff this month. And then next month is... Our books blowed. we're going to do Avengers Forever, the classic Avengers Forever. I say that now because they're going to redo a new story called Avengers Forever. We're doing the classic Kurt Busiek, Carlos Pacheco, Kang story, Avengers Forever. So that's coming next month. If you want to read along with us, go check that out. That's probably my first significant Kang. Well, We'll discuss that on the show. We're going to be reading right. it on Marvel Unlimited, so it's, on, it's available in a lot of places. And then Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings review show will be... In November, when it hits Disney Plus, and then Eternals also comes out in November, and I may have Josh figured out a way to comfortable seeing movies. I want to see you No know, Time to Die at a 11 a.m. empty theater, so I might do that for Eternals. Nice. So maybe we can get that review out quicker than we did for Shang Chi. We'll talk about that later off the air.
1: All right, let's do that. That's fine. Head over to ifanboy.com to find all of our shows and a vast history of comic book writing from our talented writers. You can go to facebook.com slash ifanboy or at ifanboy on Twitter or at comics on Instagram. Did you follow all that? You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. You can follow us individually, C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram, Jay Flanagan on Instagram. I could have done that more efficiently. And you can subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash ifanboy to keep up to date. on old video show re-uploads. Uh, they're at the rate of three a week right now. Will that continue when we finish the long shows? I could tell you.
0: We only have about, I did the math yesterday. I might have done it wrong. We, don't have, we only have about 20 more full-length shows to go. So if you're looking at the rate of two a week for those, you're looking at about 10 more weeks of uploads of the full-length shows. There's a lot, there's a lot more minis to go because we're only doing one a week of those. But we're almost done with the full-length ones.
1: There's a mini of Madman Atomic Circles number 9. Comics. Atomic Comics. Atomic Comics. Sorry about that, which is definitely wrong. Yes. There is a show on The Losers, which is yep. which is the thing that's sort of been lost. It was a pretty good comic book series and a pretty good movie, but then, uh stands of time.
0: Yeah, we reviewed the comic and the movie. Or, we reviewed the comic, the history of The Losers, and looked forward to the movie for that episode. Right,
1: because it wasn't just a comic book series. The Losers were a, were a silver age. Yeah, like that was the whole beginning of New Frontier. And then a show on C2E2 2010 Part 1. What I can tell you about that show is that my son had been born about three weeks before that, and I am death itself, but very happy
0: with the You weren't there, the though. I wa-
1: yes, I was. I don't think
0: you were on the show. Right. Because you had a son who would just been born. I was totally there. You might have just edited it. Okay. I don't know. You were, I mean, you were involved somehow. I don't remember. Honestly, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm just making things matter. up at this point. Oh, it's my turn. Uh, If you like the show, please write a review or leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Any show you listen to, it's a huge help for the all-knowing, all-seeing algorithm that runs everything. So if you like a show, it helps them to review it or star rate it.
1: Oh, great algorithm.
0: (laughs) That is is how we appease the algorithm. Don't make it angry. (laughs) And better yet, tell your friends word of mouth is the best way to help the show. Uh, We do appreciate that. And that is it for this week's show As we enter the final bit of the year The last quarter, the last season It's getting chilly here in Los Angeles Mm. Which means there's not a lot of shows left But we'll be here for all of them until the holidays Until then, my name is Connor
1: I'm Josh, I need a nap (laughs) Clearly (laughs) (laughs) Just telling you, in case you were like What's up with Josh? Josh needs a nap, that's what's going on here (laughs) and